It is indeed, and uh, 22 minutes it is now after 8 p.m. Uh, you tuned into a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. Uh, we're a few minutes away from the uh, presentation by uh, the, uh, uh, or the, I guess, uh, address by uh, President Sir Ramaphosa. Many people expecting and anticipating some guidance uh, this evening on uh, when we're going to make it to level three. And uh, yeah, many are people asking, what does level three mean in the bigger scheme of things, of all of the things that we've been deprived of? I'd love to hear your perspectives on that. We're going to take a look at your tweets. Uh, give us uh, a ring on 89 You can also send your tweets through on at, at Metro FMSA, at Metro FMSA. Use the hashtag Metro FM Talk. I'm joined now on the line by uh, Ongamam Timga, uh, who's a lecturer at the Nelson Mandela University. And uh, uh, we're going to do some pre-analysis here in, in anticipation uh, to the president's remarks in the next few minutes or so. And uh, Chamba, so let's maybe start off here. I mean, some of your own expectations from this evening. Uh, it certainly hasn't been an easy context. There's been all manner of jostling for space. There's been what some people are calling forum shopping and all manner of lobbying uh, for key sectors of the economy to be opened up. Uh, to uh, avoid, as some people are suggesting, untold disaster. What do you make of all of this? Uh, I think this is a critical time. Uh, good good evening, by the way, to you and uh, your viewers. Good evening. Uh, so, so what we're seeing is that uh, government messaging and, and actions have been contested on many fronts uh, over the past, I think, especially uh, three weeks where you find that, for example, one is contested around the area of assumptions about the risk profile and impact of COVID-19 compared to other diseases that are killing uh, South Africans. There's been also questions around justifications for the drastic measures that continue to be taken, even uh, under level four. Uh, there's been challenges around the paternalistic stance uh, to prevention and, 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 and also uh, the brutality of the security forces about mm. the paternalistic stance. The latest debate, for example, is are over uh, the clothing items. And, 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 and then the last one around total benefits of lockdown compared to its uh, total socioeconomic costs. So we had a time when uh, I think the fairest expectation is uh, government needs to be very clear uh, in terms of its messaging, but also uh, a time for for accountability and transparency around the rationale for certain decisions uh, is very critical uh, now. Uh, uh, for I, I, I mean, Jambas, how, how much should we be sharing here? Because I, 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 I'm sitting here asking myself, should every single decision made by the National Coordinating Council be vetted and subjected to the kind of scrutiny that some uh, who are taking the government to court are expecting here. I, I mean, uh, I guess if, uh, you know, you, you want the specific injunction and the specific discussion that led to a particular decision. And I'm not too sure, I guess, uh, you know, what uh, we're trying to achieve there. So, uh, yes, there's one thing to, to speak about transparency, and I think we need that. We need some rationale, uh, for instance, for, for some of the clothing regulations that came out today. But... Uh, well, the big question is, how far can you go? So the challenge uh, here is that it's no longer... Uh, so it's inevitable for government to be challenged because uh, some things have happened recently, such as, for example, the initial national consensus uh, that was around uh, first the, uh, the, the common interpretation of what the risks are, and secondly, the belief that government was acting in the best interests of the country 
both of those are gone. Uh, There's a huge contestation of the messaging now. So uh, the the, the government, as well as its actions, are facing a very acute uh, legitimacy crisis, if you like. So so even though initially they won over the hearts and minds of South Africans about both uh, the response and their profiling of the uh, the risks of COVID-19. So it's inevitable, that's what I'm saying. But I, I guess what underlies your question is the idea that the more transparent you are, the more you you may be also weakening yourself as a state because people may not agree about those assumptions that you're making uh, or the rationale underlying certain decisions. So you're quite right here. There's a balancing act that needs to be done. But unfortunately, being a democracy and and a a, a high propensity to disagree that Mm. we have in South Africa, uh, some of the things cannot be avoided. So, so, So I think there's a need here for government to continue to show the superior logic that informs uh, some of their decisions. And in instances where they are not sure, uh, I would say they must be transparent enough to say, we are taking a leadership position which we are willing to defend, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we are. We, 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 some of the rationale on some issues may be uh, debatable. It's quite interesting that uh, you mentioned that, Slati, because, you know, initially when, when the lockdown started, uh, there were a lot of measures that were put in place aimed at containing the spread of uh, COVID-19. And I think, you know, uh, with the announcement of the risk-adjusted process, there was also this idea that uh, we'll now have an opportunity to assess with the data coming through which areas are hotspots and where maybe we might say Nelson Mandela Bay, let's stay on level four, and maybe uh, out in, in uh, the former Transkaigo Gumbu, we might want to go to level three or level two depending on the incidence of the disease. And uh, uh, all of that, of course, is dependent on the data that you're getting from your testing system. Now, we were in lockdown trying to at least get our ducks in a row, get the necessary data in place in order for us to be able to anticipate the peak. Now, the question I'm asking is, since the lockdown started towards the end of March and with where we are now in May, have we used this time effectively from a public health perspective to be able to say, if Ngom saw the peak were to come, that we have all of the bases covered. I mean, I know this is certainly not the case uh, in the Eastern Cape, but can we afford to open uh, up uh, all of these uh, uh, economic activities in the absence of readiness on the part of our public health system? Very interesting, Mkasebe, uh, um, uh, in terms of the, the some of the thinkings that have emerged around how we answer that question, is one that says, well, in, in South Africa, there are occurrences of uh, various types of infections which are deadly and 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 the economies have continued despite their existence so there's and that voice is becoming very strong now that suggests some degree of uh, uh, continued despite the, the the levels obviously what that debate actually misses is, is uh, sort of that thinking misses is the huge inequalities in our healthcare system mm. because uh, and also the highly uh, 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 privatized manner in terms of I mean the, it's skewed currently where if you are in the private sector uh, you are guaranteed better quality healthcare compared to if you are in the public sector even more so for example when you bring in uh, the the kind of emergencies that the healthcare system deals with during uh, a, a normal uh, you know when it's when it's all back to normal in South Africa so so I think we need to 
but what we've seen is that the government can no longer just purely justify it uh, 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 by saying it has to be done. There needs to be greater uh, numbers produced, for example, about uh, what could be the total losses uh, if the economy is open tomorrow, uh, and, and indeed you, fa- you save some uh, monies through collection of taxes, what else is lost, and 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 how does that picture look in terms of the response? Mm-hmm. Do we do we derive greater benefit, or whatever benefits that accrue uh, to 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 the ten percent that is highly uh, you know um, wealthy in this country would actually be negated when you look at the greater uh, health crisis that we would face uh, in, in, as a result of opening too 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 soon. Yeah, and I, and I guess the other dimension, uh, Jambasa, which is, is a bit more immediate in terms of uh, the contours of the 500 billion rand relief package that the president announced, and maybe even a third phase stimulus that uh, might come into play is the uh, budget guidelines that were put out by the National Treasury today. Uh, We might expect the president to maybe speak to some of those issues. We know uh, that uh, in the month of June we ought to expect a new budget. And uh, will we maybe get some, I guess, uh, some of his own views about the work that departments need to do between now and then uh, to try and revise some of their budget estimates and uh, what they put into that process? Um, I suspect there may be some some guidance, but there's a lot more work that still uh, needs to be done. Mm. Um, and also, for me, it, it will be really important for us to see how government plans to close the tap on corruption and swindling of money out of the system. Because what we are seeing now is that even the relief uh, measures that government is availing have the potential to be severely weakened by the culture of corruption, uh, which 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 uh, which may end up negating uh, the, the 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 very uh, relief measures that government wants to achieve. Mm-hmm. Certainly makes for, for a tough uh, situation here, and uh, I want us to take a brief break, uh, Jamba. So when we continue, uh, we'll uh, take a look, of course, at uh, some of the things we can expect uh, this evening from President Sir Ramaphosa. It's 27 minutes now before 9 p.m. Uh, we were expecting the uh, President's address at half past eight, and uh, we'll return, of course, uh, to uh, our analysis of uh, what to expect from that speech. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, send through those uh, tweets on at MetroFMSA. Use the hashtag MetroFMTalk. You can also uh, send through uh, uh, some of your calls. You can give us a ring on 089-110-3377. We continue on the other side of this. 26 minutes. It is now before 9 p.m. We wait in anticipation for the address by President Sir Ramaphosa on this evening to give us an update of where we are in terms of the risk-adjusted return to normality and some semblance of economic activity. Joined on the line by a lecturer at the Nelson Mandela University on Gamam Timka. And uh, Chamba said, you know, as we wait, I mean, uh, we certainly don't uh, know the president as somebody who uh, is uh, significantly late, uh, or considerably late, uh, relatively. Uh, but, uh, you know, five minutes in now, uh, w- what do you think is happening behind the scenes in the lead-up uh, to this conversation? We know the president was involved uh, in uh, deliberations throughout the course of the day today. Uh, what are some of your expectations of what's happening now and uh, uh, some of what might feed into his remarks this evening? So one of the things we, the, the president will learn from is the necessity 
of communicating a clearer message and secondly, of not uh, conveying messages where there were still internal debates uh, within the National Command Council because that can backfire in ways that undermine his own credibility and also can be weaponized by uh, various quarters uh, within within South Africa. So I don't think he wants to repeat that. So whatever communication with stakeholders or vested interests within government would probably be one of the things that results in the delays. Uh, but also, we, 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 they have to firm up the message. There's, there hasn't been time throughout the, 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 the communication strategy, the implementation of the communication strategy over COVID-19 that government has got to watch what they say uh, almost to the T because uh, people are, 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 are waiting uh, for, for, for avenues to exploit that message for their own uh, benefit. So, 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 so uh, I think they, they, there's time now for, for clearer messages. And I think a lesson from the tobacco uh, a, 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 a sag, a, a proxy war, if you mm. like, is that uh, don't communicate emergent discussions that have not necessarily been finalized. Uh, and and have not gotten a buy-in mm. from from everybody within the, the 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 national command council. Because every time that there's evidence of you know uh, changing an an initially public col- publicly communicated message, it not only weakens the the individuals concerned, but it actually. Uh, undermines the the, the entire process. There's reputational damages for everybody, for the state in general. Hmm. uh, It's quite interesting that you mention that because uh, the the impression we get, certainly on the tobacco issue, was that uh, the president uh, had initially, I guess, made the decision and then uh, on the the strength of the arguments presented to him by some of his colleagues, he was persuaded. I mean, how much space can we create here for that kind of um, change of mind or that kind of 360 turn when there's billions on the line. I mean, you know, a decision like that has a massive impact on supply chains or on the manufacturing sector and any other place. And uh, so much rests on, uh, you know, an about turn uh, of that fashion. I mean, how much space can we create for that? Because, yes, this is unprecedented. This is all new. uh, But uh, all of this uh, has really serious material consequences. Indeed. So we, we we don't expect a a a a hundred percent correct government that doesn't change any aspect of its decisions or one that doesn't make mistakes at all. But I think that the the structure of communication should have should be changed now. So, for example, uh, we can't be approaching this message with a view that says, well. It's not final until the minister uh, who actually controls regulations has spoken. So I would hope that part of what they will change is the sequencing of who gets to brief uh, the public. You mm. know, so, so 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 such that whatever is, if they're still going to continue that trend of uh, the the president speaks, the ministers speak on the details, at least they have eliminated any room for uh, perceptions that uh, what the ministers may say may differ uh, completely with what the president has said. So, so, so one would assume 
that whatever messages are going to be shared by the ministers in the next coming in, in the coming days, they, they would have been agreed upon at the command council today, uh, so that what the president says tactically is uh, preempting also what the ministers are going to say, mm. and there isn't going to be a divergence of. Uh, Do you get a sense that there's a lag sometimes that that uh, the sequencing of when the information is released, is sometimes haphazard. Do, do you get that sense? So, so far, it has been. Well, I, I, I guess for purposes of... Uh, you, you see, the president broad, spoke broadly on, on, on issues, and then the ministers filled in the meat. That was okay until the c- cigarettes issue uh, happened. I don't think now, so so today, so now it may still be fine to sequence things that way, that the president speaks to broad government uh, uh, decisions and strategies, um, and then the ministers speak to the details. But if there are risk, uh, risks for divergences, uh, then I would, uh, uh, one would, would say they haven't learned anything from that past experience. I want us to pause here for a second, uh, Slati, while we take a quick spot break. When we come back, we'll continue, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll uh, be uh, nearing much closer uh, to that address by uh, President Sir Ramaphosa. I'd love to hear from you as well. Give us a ring on 89 110